This is the weekly Parsha Shior with Rabbi Chaim Bravender of Atid and WebYeshiva.org. Recorded live in Jerusalem at Beit Knesset Haramban. Visit www.webyeshiva.org for live interactive online shiurim today. So I, I have to, uh, I have to say a few, things, a few words about Yom Hashanah. Because to ignore it would be criminal. However, I must admit that personally I have... Um, I have a personal uh, difficulty relating to uh, Yom Hashoah. My, uh, my parents were, uh, left Europe before the war, but they left a lot behind. And we grew up, my sister and I, always thinking that we were somehow involved in, uh, even though you could say that we weren't. But in, in order to think back on things, um, you have to have a you have to feel that there's something that you're thinking about, something that you want to change, something that you want to do. It seems that uh, the capacity of people to kill other people just because they belong to a group, or in our case, the capacity of people in the world to be anti-Semites, doesn't seem to be diminished. And that is certainly a sad thing, something that is hard to, it's hard to understand. I mean, if we are, uh, we hear the rantings from Iran, they certainly sound like anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism means that there's no particular reason. It's not like uh, that you did something to somebody else. Um, so that what I think about, what I think about in Yom HaShoah is the fact that it seems that the Shoah was not that effective in changing our attitudes or the attitudes of the people in the world. They seem to go up and down according to some unknown, uh, unknown scale. In any event, we'll talk today about something which uh, uh, should be considered in any case, and that is Lashon Hara. You see, at the beginning of the Fashion Mitzvah, which I have a certain partiality to, because it was my bar mitzvah parsha. <laughs> Too late. But uh, what I mean is that, you know, mitzvah is kind of a, a, not such an exciting parsha, but if it's your bar mitzvah parsha, you get to, to do it again and again and again. And it becomes very, uh, very important to you. So in the parsha of mitzvah, the parsha of mitzvah begins discussing the person who was a Mitzorah. And, uh, and Mitzorah, I think it's correctly translating this art scroll edition of Rashi that I'm looking at, which happens to be a good book, in spite of the fact that I'm introducing with the word art scroll. It's a very good, it's a very good, they did a very good job, and it's very clear, and it's, but they translate Mitzorah as Mitzorah. And there's nothing wrong with saying that you don't know exactly what it is. But you know that it's some kind of a disease that affects the skin and can be seen, right? You can see it on your skin, whatever it is. Whatever there is, there's always from time to time there's an uh, article 
uh, printed about the latest, I know exactly what it is, articles, type articles. If you're interested in those things, then you should look into it. But here, in the beginning of Mitzorah, the parish of Mitzorah begins after the one with Tzorah, the person who had Tzorah is cured. There's a certain procedure, the Kohen, he goes and he looks, and he looks again, he looks the third time, and, and the hair is coming out of the, out of the skin, turned this color and that color, everything is fine, right? You know, he's not in the Tzorah anymore, physically. The parishion says, right, the parishion will motion lay more, Zotiyetorata Mitzorah. Torata Mitzorah. So, I mean, Torata Mitzorah could just mean the word Torah in a secular form, like, this is what you do with the Mitzorah. Torah. Torah is the, the schedule of things. But, it's hard to ignore the fact that the word Torah also means Torah. And why would you call it Torata Mitzorah? I mean, why does the Mitzorah get to be a Torah? What's the Torah and Mitzorah? B'yom Taharato Vuvalak Elakohein. B'yom Taharato Vuvalakohein means that on the day that he is determined to be Tahor, in this case Tahor means uh, he's not ill. He's, he doesn't have Tarat. He doesn't have Tarat. Vuvalakohein. Uh, so then you bring it to the Kohen. In other words, this is part B. Part A is the cure, right? And the cure, the cure is done by, uh, by watching, by looking at, at him, at his skin, at the, at the hairs on his, on, on wherever he's afflicted. And then, the Kohen declares him cured. Because he has the, the Kohen has certain simanim, or certain medical knowledge, however, however you would say it. And this parasha, Perikudalit, Sukim, Alat, etc., are after that. So after he's cured, it says, Vuvala Kohen. Then part B, part B is that you bring him to the Kohen. Vyatsa Kohen amichutzla machaneh, vira'a Kohen vinei nefad negatsarat vinatsaruah. Right? He goes, you bring him to the Kohen, and the Kohen sees that he's cured, that the negatsarat has gone away, the affliction is gone. And then, instead of it ending, it just starts. There's a whole, there's a whole new story. For the one who is being purified, whatever that might be, but certainly cured, the one who is being cured. So, in order to get this thing going, you have to get the following equipment together. First is Sheporim, uh, two birds, and these birds are described in the Torah as Chayot, right? Chayot Tehorot, purified. Uh, Live, pure live. Those two words are are used to describe the birds. And then eight eres, uh, cedar, a piece of a cedar, a branch of a cedar. Cedar is considered to be a very strong, very strong kind of wood. So you have two birds. You have a cedar. 
and you have Shni Tola'at Ve'ezov. Shni Tola'at Ve'ezov. What is, uh, what is Shni Tola'at? So, uh, Ezov, Ezov is Hisop. I say that because it's the same word, right? Ezov, Hisop is the same word. Ezov Ve'hakir are the hyssops that grow out of the wall, if you've been to the Kotel recently or not, you notice that there are certain kind of grasses that grow out from in between the stone. Uh, these grasses obviously need very little nourishment to live, you know, because they're growing in the stone. Usually you grow in the ground. The ground retains moisture. And, and, uh, and sustenance for the for whatever grows there, but azoveha here, I mean, it takes nothing to grow them, and they're not worth anything. So you have you have uh, eight eggs, the best wood, the strongest wood that you have there, and you have uh, azo, right, and you have tolaat shani. Which is translated here as being um, a crimson tongue of wool. How does that sound? In, in other words, some sort of some sort of wool, some sort of material. Crimson is a color, right? Right. So what is that? Tolat, tolat shani. I don't know. Anyway, that's what you think. Then it says with sivakohed. So then the, the Kohen goes and he slaughters one of these birds. El Klicheres. A Klicheres is a uh, earthenware pot or jug or, or something. Al Mayim Chayim. What is Mayim Chayim? Chayim. Water that has not been collected in a, uh, in a pot, in a metal pot. Like you're the kind of water you need for a mikveh. That's mine, Chayim. Or you could go and jump into the ocean or into the spring. Right? That's also mine, Chayim. And then he takes the Tzipor HaChayah, the lived winner, and he slaughtered one of the Tzipores. He's got one left. Tzipor HaChayah, Kachotav, and Eitz HaErez, and Shriyat Salat. He takes all this equipment. That day is over. The Tavalotav, and then he dunks them all into the blood of the Tzipor and the living bird must be very happy about this also it all gets dunked into this pot it has Mayim Chayim and the blood of the slaughtered bird V'dama Tzipor HaShkutah L'Mayim HaChayim you have that Posuk? what? ok so in, in other words in other words, there's a procedure. There's a procedure that this mitzorah, that this mitzorah goes through after he is cured. I mean, it's very important to note that. He is cured of the tzorah, and then he has to go through this procedure. And the pasuk that you don't have, which is uh, unfortunate, is in Vizala mitahem and tzorah shevapam, and you spritz this concoction on the mitzorah seven times with tiaro. And he is purified. And 
and the other, the one living bird, is set out free. Now, I know that we read this every year in Shul, on Shabbat, but I know that most people don't notice. You know, everybody knows that Tazria and Mitzora are boring. They don't even know what's in them. But what is it that, what is it that is going on? What is it that's going on? So we'll look at Rashi. Rashi says, El Michutzla Machane, no, Pasuk Dalit. You see Pasuk Dalit in Rashi? Siparim Chayot, Prat Letrefot. In other words, you can't use birds that are Trefot. Trefot means they're going to die. You see that they're afflicted somehow. They're going to die. You, you can save money that way, right? If you bring Siparim that are going to die, probably cost less than bringing Siparim that are alive. Tehorot. You can't bring a non-kosher bird. So there you have it. Rashi says that the reason that you can't bring a non-kosher bird is because of the Lashon What does Lashon mean? You yak too much. You just talk too much. It's not even about concept. It's about a kind of a way of, of acting. The fika, who's That's why birds specifically are used. Usually, when is a bird brought as a korban? When is a bird brought as a korban? Right, if you can't afford it. If you can't afford to bring a cow, you bring a bird. Right? But, they, but there are a few... Korbanot, where the bird is the original choice, is the best choice. Here, in this case, the bird is the best choice. And Rashi explains why. Because that's what birds do. They are always chirping, or whatever else they might be doing. But they don't stop. They don't stop. So that reminds you of what the issue is. The fika that the birds are always... And, and that's where Lashon Hara comes from, according to Rashi. Lashon Hara comes from talking. People who talk a lot end up saying they're talking Lashon Hara. There's no other possibility. Now Rashi goes on and he says, eight eras. Remember, there are three things that you bring. The eight eras, the, uh, the uh, Shnitolah, and the Aesov. Right? The three things that the Kohen has to have. What's the eight eras? The fish and the ga'im by ma'gatsutaruach. So what is gatsutaruach? What do what those words mean? Yeah, look here in my art scroll. It'll tell me what the, what the translation is. Live, because it's interesting. Gatsutaruach. What think of what's going to mean? Ba'inah gatsutaruach. Because of haughtiness. Haughtiness. Eight, for the footnote, three, the cedar is tall and a beautiful tree, uh, high and glorious. All right, they doesn't know why, Gasuta Ruach, but Gasuta Ruach, obviously, is this inability to control yourself. The fact that you have to talk all the time, right? That's Gasuta Ruach, even though the word Gas, the word Gas means unrefined. It's like, 
the lowest form of something. Asuta Ruch is that he's an unrefined spirit. You know, like, uh, who talks all the time? Only people who don't know what they're talking about. People who do know what they're talking about speak on occasion when they have something to say, which is, unfortunately, not uh, a, a media that everybody has absorbed, right? Uh, of course, you can blame your mothers for talking too much, you know. That's what, you know, today everything is okay because it's uh, psychology. So, uh, so that's it says, Gasuta Ruach. So what is Eitz Erez, according to Rashi? It's the strongest wood that there is. What's Gasuta Ruach? So that it's really hard to knock out of you. Right? It's like, uh, it's like part of you. You know, there are people like that. They talk, uh, um, um, unfortunately, when they shouldn't talk. And they say things they shouldn't say. There's nothing to do with what we would technically call Lashon Harah, but, you know, there are certain things, there are certain exclusions to Lashon Harah, but for them it's Katsut Ruach. But that's what Rashi wants to say, that not only Lashon Harah Neto, but there's Lashon Harah Bruto. Right? Lashon Harah not Neto is whatever the Halacha says. Right? It says, you know, but there's also Lashon Harah Bruto, like in some Lashon Harah about somebody who died. So maybe that's not called Lashon Harah. But it's Katsut HaRuch. So Rashi replaces Lashon HaRuch by Katsut HaRuch for purpose. To show that Katsut HaRuch is not like, uh, it's not like other Averis, where you do it and you might never do it again. But if you are afflicted by Katsut HaRuch, the chances that you're going to say Lashon HaRuch again and again are there. So the eight areas represent Katsut HaRuch. Shunitolat Ba'izov is this wolf. Right? Ma. He says, what is it that is going to change him? In other words, here's a guy who spoke Lashon Horah. Because he spoke Lashon Horah, he's afflicted by Tzorah. After he's afflicted by Tzorah, after he's afflicted by Tzorah, he, uh, he goes to the Kohen and he has to do something which usurps the, the, the Lashon Harat, the inclination from Lashon Harat, from him. So model psychology tells us that the first step is recognition. I mean, you have to, you have to recognize people who are that same Ruach, people I'm thinking about. Everybody's thinking about somebody else, but it doesn't matter. I'm thinking about people who are that same Ruach, and you couldn't convince them that they are that same Ruach. That's, that's one of the problems. That's one of the problems, but sometimes, according to Rashi, if you do go through this procedure, which includes a lot of, um, uh, a lot of symbolic acts, that might have an effect. It might awaken you to your plight, right? And it was like, like what, is, what are we saying? You had Sarah, but it's not that you had an infectious disease that is going to be cured in the hospital. Yes, you had an infectious disease, and yes, it's going to be cured in the hospital, but you remain a carrier. And in order to kind of get rid of that from you, we have this procedure, right? The eight areas, the Shisolat, the Ezov, which tells you what your real issue is. The real issue is not taking antibiotics to get rid of the Sarat, but the real issue is to get rid of the Gatsuta Rot and the Lashon Harat. So Rashi says, Eight areas. 
Shlitolat Vezob Matnakanatov Yitrape, how can he cure himself? Yashpil Atzmo Migavatov, he should uh, be humble. He should have humility. So Rashi's telling me something else about Lashon Harad. And Lashon Harad is a lack of humility, right? I don't think much of the other person. I don't think that insulting him, embarrassing him, talking about him, it means anything. Because after all, you know, he's not, he's not important. Ketola'at uche'ezov. It's Erez, makel shel Erez. Rashi explains that. That's a tree that you bring. The piece of Erez is like a makel. Shnitola'at. Okay. Lashon Shel Sema means a, a lick, a lick of, uh, of cloth or something. Uh, I think you could say that. Semer, uh, wool, Savua Zahorit, which is brightly colored. It reflects light. It has this kind of paint on it that reflects light. Okay. That's what it says. Now, there's a medrash that I want to tell you. Medrash Vahikur Rabba Pasha Tetzai Omar Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi Chamesh Tarot Ketuvot B'Mitzorah Zot Tarat Neged Tarat Zot Tiyet Tarat HaMitzorah Zot Tarat Ashebo Neged Tarat Zot HaTorah Lekol Neged Tarat Zot Tarat HaTorat Zot Tiyet Tarat HaMitzorah Hamotzi Shem Ra'ala So in other words, the Medrash notes the fact that the word Torah is used a lot in the Torah when talking about Sarat, Mitzorah, etc. Lelamecha. Shekol ha'omer l'shon hara over al chamisha from Shei Torah. I don't think there's any other Averif that is so described in the Medrash. That if you speak Lashon Hara, Ovel Hamisha from Now, whatever that means, it sounds like it means that Lashon Hara is the worst possible transgression that a person can do. The other thing that, that, that the Tanoi want to say was that it's Avodisar. Something is Avodisar. But that's really uh, something remarkable. The Pikas Moshe Matiyat Yisrael Zot Tiyetorat Hamitzorah. So that was the first question we asked when we started learning these psukim. That they begin right Zot Tiyetorat Hamitzorah. What do they mean? Mitzorah contradicts Torah. Torah meaning Hamishatam Sheitorah. And in as far as each of the chumets lives independently somehow. That Hamishatum Shaitorah, Hamishatum Shaitorah equals the, the, the most. It can't be more than that. Hamishatum Shaitorah. And it's interesting, I'll show you, uh, I won't go through all of these Sukim, but we go through some of them. You see, there's a major Lashon Harat issue in every one of the five Sarim of the Torah. Everyone, the first one here, yeah, quote, Gracious Lama Zayn, Pesach Bet, Eile Toldot Yaakov, Yosef, Etshvaz, Eishana, Hayaro Et Echav, Batson, Pudunaret, Benebel, Abed, Neisil, Pali, Neshei Aviv. Now you see, Vayavei Yosef Et Dibatam Ra'a El Avihem. Breshit, Yosef 
spoke Lashon Hara about his brothers. What did he say? Eti Batavra. You see the Rashi, Eti Batavra? It's sort of like, uh, I guess, a third of the way up from the bottom of the Rashi. Eti Batavra. Korah Shayaroeh Bechav Benele Leah Ayavagid Levi Shayuachlim Eivim Menachai. He would tell his father all the things that they did wrong, that they would eat Eivim Menachai. You know, limbs of animals that were taken off the animal when it was still alive. Umizal Zelim Bivnesh Vachot Likrotam Avadim Bechashudin Al Harayot. They would be insulting. To the brothers who were the children of the of the head maidens, and the third who was chashudim al harayot, that they would um, uh, they were they were suspected of having unreasonable sexual uh, encounters. Uvishloshdan lata, and Rashi said, Uvishloshdan lata, meaning. The, the response to to uh, to lashon uh, hara is a physical affliction, which Right? How so? Aiva menachai veyishchatu seir izim b'mechirato v'lo achaluhu chai v'al dibato. I won't go into that, but you understand that Rashi says. Rashi says that the Lashon Harad that Yosef brought to his father, he was punished. He was punished for so that's the Lashon Harad Bereshit. What about Shemot? Shemot Perek Dalit. You see Shemot Perek Dalit? Vayam Moshev Yavayim Lo Yaminu Li. You're not going to believe me. Velo Yishma'u B'Koli Kiyomru Lo Nir'ah Elecha Hashem. When Moshe Rebbe says about B'nai Yisrael at the Sneh, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to send him to get the Jews out of Israel, and he was punished for that. What was the punishment that Moshe Rabbeinu received? What was Moshe Rabbeinu's punishment? Sir. Which time? In other words, that was an unnecessary Tzorah. Right, isn't that the simple shot? In other words, Hashem could have said to Moshe Rabbeinu, when you're out there with Paro, stick your hand in your cloak and come out, and you'll be with Sorak Hashemah. So, okay, so then we would say, why that, and why not this? But at the snare, what happened at the snare? What happened at the snare? Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, do it! Right, so that means that at the snare was unnecessary. And assuming that sarat is painful or unpleasant or whatever, so that was the punishment that Moshe Rabbeinu received, the punishment of Moshe Rabbeinu for saying, V'hein lo yaminu li. Right? Because V'hein lo yaminu li. He said something bad about the nature, but he didn't know. He didn't know the V'hein lo yaminu li. So that's the sarat of Shemot. The sarat of Vayikra is the whole parsha of, uh, of Mitzorah. Right, then we have uh, Bamidbar. Bamidbar, 
So here the Miraglin, they come and they say, Lashon Hora, Lashon Hora about Eretz Yisrael, right? And that they were, Eretz Yisrael, Rashi says, Bekom Makom Shavarnu Mitzahanum, Kol Grey Meitim, Bakodesh Bobo, Asal Tzolvaka, they, Lutirdam Ba'avlam, Velo Yitnu Leib Laim. In other words, they, they, they saw that the Canaanites were burying people all the time. And they came to the wrong conclusion. They came to the conclusion that they were burying people because they killed them all the time. Whereas in fact, Akkadish Bobo did it as a, uh, as a merit. So you see that, that, uh, you see something about the Avera of the Miragma from this Rashi. <laughs> if the miraculous thought that God was bringing them to Chesed to Eretz Israel, so they would have interpreted what they saw differently. And there was witnesses. To be a witness is not sufficient because you have to have a, a point of view. It's very hard to have a, to witness something about which you have no point of view. Nothing happens. Nothing. Nothing means anything. So that's what happened with the Miraglim. In Devorim, it says, Miriam, Miriam, what about Miriam? What did she do? She spoke Lashon Hara about, about Moshe Rabbeinu. What exactly Lashon Hara was, basically. But, but she spoke Lashon Hara and she was punished with Sarat again. So you see, that this medrash, remember, we just to go back to see what we see. There's a medrash, and the medrash says that the word Torah uh, appears many, many times in order to tell us that uh, somehow it's an avera of Hamisha Chum Torah, It's not a regular avera, Lashon Hara. So you see, if you look at the Chumash, and I just looked at the Chumash, and you see that in every one of the scoring of the Chumash. There is a specific mention of, of, of Lashon Hara and the punishment of Lashon Hara, right? In the case of Yosef, Yosef was many times punished for what he did. And Moshe Rabbeinu, the Miraculous, and Miriam, right? Of course, in Vayikra, you have the whole parish of Mitzvah is about, is about uh, Sarat. Okay, so we learned a few things about Sarat. But we don't really know we don't really know what this business of bringing a korban, like how bringing a korban, the Eitzer, the Shemit Alat, etc., could cure, um, could cure my inclination to, to speak Lashon Hara. You know, like, like, how does it work? So in order to understand that, you have to learn a Rambam. The Rambam, at the end of Tumas Sarat, the last halacha, you know that sometimes the Rambam in different chapters of his book on Halakha. The last, the last section, the very last paragraph is often philosophical or theological. It's like an idea. So here, when it comes to Tumat Sarat, he was not able to control himself. He had to say something. He said he knew that everybody's going to say, what do you need this for? What do you need this for? You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to talk much in horror. So tell people not to talk much in horror. Or if you're going to get punished, you get punished. 
And then any other punishment, you'll do better next time because you'll try to avoid the punishment. But what is all this business that's going on in the parish of Mitzorah? That you have to bring an Eitz Erez, a Shnitolat, an Eitz Oven, Siporim, Shnei Siporim, Chayote, Orot. What is all of this? So this is the way the Rambam takes. You have to understand that this paragraph comes after all of Hilchot Sarat. The Rambam explains everything to us. What you do with the birds, which birds first, which birds second, how you spritz and, and where you spritz. The Rambam's got through this whole halachic uh, uh, feast. Right? Because there are many, many halachot connected to this. So the Rambam then says, Hatzaratu Shema Amur Bishutafut Kolel Inyanim Harbei Sheitomim Selazay. He says, Tzarat is not a precise medical term. It's not like a Latin word. It means, you know, people who have diseases of the skin. It's a, like a general kind of word. Sharei Loven Or Ha'adam Tarut Tzarat when the skin of a person gets white, that's called sarat. Even though there may be different causes and different diseases. And you start losing your hair, or you lose the hair on your beard, that's also called sarat. And the look of the clothing or the houses, also that's called sarat. Uh, he says, I want you to know that the Torah calls, right, in the parish of Tazria, Sarat Habayit, that uh, you can afflict the stones of the house and you can afflict the clothing that you wear. So he says, that's Eidomin Min Hagoshel Olam, the Rambam says. This is not normal. This is not na- nature. So to speak, Ella Otva Pele Haya Yisrael Kedela Tiradim Shonara. This was a miracle. The Rambam says, even though you know very well that the Rambam doesn't like miracles, here the Rambam says you have to know that this is a miracle and not Teva. This is not Teva. In order to prevent us from having the Shonara, so you know that the Gemara says in Sota, the Gemara says in Sota, a principle. Right? What's Mesota? What is the purpose of Mesota? Right? You know, if a woman, if a woman is, is uh, uh, in a room with another man and there are witnesses who can attest to that, but they can't attest to whether anything happened, whether they did anything wrong, they might have just been in the room um, together, you know, at the same time. But the husband, the husband is suspicious. He wants to, he doesn't know whether he should continue his marriage or not. So there's a, there's a procedure called mesota, where the woman uh, drinks these uh, special water, and if she's guilty, she dies. And if she's not guilty, she doesn't die. So what did the mesota do? What did the mesota do? What? Clarify. Good. Clarify in a way that we are unable to clarify. In other words, the legal system, if you take this woman to court, and you say, I saw this and that, that being two witnesses wouldn't mean anything. I mean, so what do you The two witnesses only saw her go into a room. They didn't see her do anything. So there's no way for the system, the legal system, to clarify her status. So there's a miracle 
they saw that as a miracle, which enables us to clarify her, her status and to say that the marriage should go on, for example, right? So the Gemara says, we should When people acted in the way they should not act, and they had uh, sexual relations uh, with reckless abandon, so then then there was no point of clarifying things, because people were more committed to doing the wrong thing than doing the right thing. So that's what a miracle is. A miracle, you can't, you can't sign on to the miracle, right? In heaven it is determined whether you deserve the miracle. So here the Rambam says that, that, uh, somebody who says, Lashon Hara, he gets a miracle. His, the wall of his house changes. And if he repents, Lashon Hara, then the house that he lives in will become a better house. But if he does not, if he does not change his ways, then all the, the leather goods, the things that, you know, the clothing and the things you put on your bed, etc., they all, they all uh, become filled with this tzara. That his own clothing becomes afflicted. So the Rambam says that there's a, there's a procedure. The Rambam is not alone in this. This is also in the Gemara. That first, your house is afflicted. Then, leather goods are afflicted. Then, your clothing is afflicted. Then, you are afflicted, right? In other words, each stage is sort of getting more and more serious about this transgression of Lashon Hara. And that's how the idea, of course, is to get the person to stop. Now, listen to what the Rambam says. Valinian uh, said, I'm a three, six, eight, eight line. By Yan Zemat here the Torah Omer, he shall never the negat sarat. Zuchorat Hashem Elokel Lemiriyam Baderech. Arei Omer it boninu ma ira Lemiriyam anevi'ah shidibra b'achia shaitak dolami menu b'shanim v'gidal toal birkeha v'zikna b'atzmo latzilo min hayam. her only mistake was that she said that Moshe Rabbeinu is a regular person like other prophets she was a prophet Ara was a prophet Moshe was a prophet why shouldn't the Empress family relations so he says mm-hmm. 
כאבחום לבני אדם הרשעים הטיפשים שמרבים לדבר גדולות ונפלאות. ופיגח ראוי למי שרוצה לכוון אורחותיו לשחק בישיבתן ולדבר עמהם כדי שלא יתעוות אדם ברשת רשעים וסכלותם. So, don't talk much of her. You don't want to be with the bad guys. You don't want to be influenced. You don't want to be undermined. Don't talk much of her. And that you learn from Miriam. Because Miriam's Lashon Hara, even though she was punished with Sarat, her actual Lashon Hara was very, very limited. It was very mild, you could say. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't something really terrible. The Rambam has a position which is absolutely wondrous. The Rambam says, you know how it starts. You just, you talk about nothing. I don't want to make a comparison to anything in the real world. But you know, like, when I was a kid, I knew everything that you could possibly know about the Brooklyn Dodgers. Now, you may not know what that is. But there was once a baseball team in Brooklyn, right? And, and there was a declared uh, week of mourning when they moved to Los Angeles. But they moved to Los Angeles and did not take anybody with them, right? The people in Brooklyn, as far as the people, we were concerned that all died. But we knew. You know what we knew about the Brooklyn Dodgers? No, we knew about these baseball players. Think back on it. It's, it's a wondrous thing. You know, sometimes even today... I used to go around and uh, I'd go to these day schools. You say to a kid, you say, what, what Mishnayas are you learning? He doesn't know. What Mishnah did you learn yesterday? He also doesn't know. They say, who's the second guitar in the Pink Floyd? Tell me the second. Tell me the second. So you see that people have a wondrous capacity to remember what they really want to remember. And an equally wondrous capacity to forget what they don't want to remember. I'm not talking about the quality of your memory. But I'm just saying, the people who do well, you know, they study for a test, they take the test, they do well, the next day they don't know any of the material that they study. There are people like that. Because they have trained themselves. They've trained themselves to remember things until the test. And then it all gets wiped out. So, here the Rambam says, you see, you know, there are people who are late sim. The Rambam doesn't like that. People sit around and do nothing. People are not involved in anything important. You know, they're sitting in the, in the bait cafe and waiting for something to happen. Instead of sitting in the bait cafe and having a meeting. But there are people who are just waiting for something to happen. And he says, They speak a lot about nothing. That the seal, the fool, just talks all the time. You know, he has nothing to talk about, but he talks. When we talk about him, and they come as a result because they were looking for something to say. They talk about the tzadikim, and they say bignut matchil bignut umisayim b'shvat. Right, the same word that the Haggadah uses to say that we were over there for the Zorah. 
But but matchil bignut means he say well you know oh I saw him doing this or he didn't say hello or he was thinking about something else remember that's that's great fun the great fun is to talk about the rabbi right you talk about two things you come on for sure what the rabbi said and what the rabbi is right the reason he said it is because he is a such and such right or something like that people talk like that. Listen. Is it because of that it starts from the tzaddikim and then it moves on to the Nivir and you say, that, well, you know, maybe he meant this and then he meant that. Right? What do you think? The Rabbi says, what's Lashin Hara? What's Lashin Hara? Lashin Hara is an Avera, but it's also a slippery slope. And when you learn, when you teach yourself that you can say things about people, about leaders, about righteous people, and, and, and there doesn't seem to be any with impunity, right? You say with impunity. So, how long is it going to take you, according to the rabbi, to get to God? The language, the speech that they make, that's what causes them, that's what causes them the trouble. So you could say that the Pshat, right, the Pshat in Mitzora is that there's a physical affliction. And that physical affliction is apparently uh, there to awaken you. It's to awaken you to the, to the difficulty of, uh, of uh, Lashon Hara, what you did, and how Bashamayim, it's taken, um, it's taken a, a bad turn. But, if you want to really know what Lashon Hara is, you have to come close to Akkadish Bokh. In other words, the last step in curing you from Lashon Hara to the Rambam is the recognition that you're going to affect your relationship to heaven. How do you do that? You bring him into the Beit HaMikdash. You have him give Korbanot. You join together with the Kohen in, in, in uprooting, so to speak, uh, of course in a, uh, in a metaphorical way, uprooting the Avera of Lashon Hara. Because going into the Beit HaMikdash, going into the Beit HaMikdash and being part of being part of what's going on in the Beit HaMikdash is the opposite, of course, of the Rambam of what Lashon Hara can lead to. Lashon Hara can lead you to uh, deny God. Not to deny God's existence, but to deny God's goodness or, or, or the point to it or why should we be involved with it or whatever. That's what Lashon Hara is, according to the Rambam. Otherwise, the treatment of Lashon Hara would not be so extensive as it is, according to the measures of five books of Torah, the Torah, all the Torahs that are mentioned, according to what it, the stories in the Kumat, Gracious, Shmos, Ba'ikur, Ba'mid, Ba'dvarim, all have stories of, 
of Lashon Hara. And the Rambam says that, that obviously Lashon Hara is not just Lashon Hara, but it can bring you to deny the authority of God. And therefore, after you're cured from your affliction and you've sort of like accepted this limitation, uh, there's a need to bring you close to God because that's where you are drifting off of in the beginning. So, have a good shot.